And we welcome you into this episode of The Brady Bunch, based on the four corners. Just kidding. It is the best podcast available. I shouldn't bang on the table because that doesn't work really well when it comes to a laptop and computer screens and videos and all that fun stuff. Welcome to Working From Home. This is the best podcast available. Special Friday edition. Free agent frenzy continues, guys. Joined by Andrew Gribble, joined by Nathan Zagura. And guys, it is a little crazy. It's been crazy since we last spoke. We recorded on Wednesday evening. Since then, six new players on this football team. Guys, we'll get things started right off the bat. With today being Friday, Andrews Sendejo is a Cleveland Brown. One year, $2.25 million, allegedly. Anyways, he's a Cleveland Brown. Gribble, we'll start with you. Your thoughts on uh, the Browns getting a safety in free agency. You know, it's not that surprising of a move when you think of it for a couple of reasons. First off, Anderson Day is a veteran player who has a lot of experience with three coaches on this Brown staff with Joe Woods, Mike Prefer, uh, and Jeff Howard, the, the defensive backs coach as well. Secondly, you needed safeties. I mean, you added Carl Joseph a couple days ago, but that only got you up to three. Uh, you need four at least, or and I think there's going to be many more added to this room by the end of, by the time you get to training camp. And Sandejo is good in the fact that, you know, this this roster is skewed pretty young, and most of these guys that have been signed uh, have been added after about their rookie deal. Sandejo immediately becomes the oldest guy on your team at 32 years old, and I think that it's something you need on your defense. I think you need a mix uh, of some players that have some experience in the league. You lost that with Morgan Burnett, who you parted ways with early in the week, so it's good to have a veteran or two in every one of these rooms, and I think Sandejo, who has had to really work his way into the NFL, started his career in the UFL, uh, he, he understands what it takes to succeed in the NFL. So I think that this is a, a guy that helps you on the field. And I also think helps you in the locker room as well. Yeah, there's no doubt. And this is a guy, as you mentioned, well-known by our coaching staff, also well-known by Andrew Barry, who actually started last season in Philadelphia. And he's a guy that can play both safety positions. He's a hard hitter, but he played last year in Philly and Minnesota, free safety, started games at strong safety, even played some slot corner. So he has that versatility and is a very good complement to Carl Joseph, who's he's also played both strong and free, but is more of a strong box, like force type of a safety. And Sandejo, yes, he brings experience to that room. And you mentioned Gribbs, four safeties now on the roster. We could feel the team if we needed to. And that's kind of what I think a lot of these signings have been about is we kind of just flushing out this roster. But you got Sandejo at free safety. Carl Joseph at strong safety, a former first-round pick, and then Sheldrick Redwine, your fourth-round pick from the U a year ago, who I think will have a chance to compete and, and to play this season as well as J.T. Hassel, the undrafted free agent, who's the backup strong. But the, the team certainly likes what they've got out of Sheldrick Redwine last year, and they think that he has the potential to develop. And one of the themes that we'll talk about, and I'll get more insight on it later, is a lot of these one-year contracts. And, yes, they like Sendejo. They also like Redwine. You're into Sendejo for a year, and then the opportunity is for Redwine to transition and take over. And we'll see that with a lot of these deals going on here uh, that Andrew Barry signed after that big splurge initially that we covered on offense. All right, so they needed a lot on on defense after those first couple days. They went out and they got a tackle. They went and got a tight end. They got a backup quarterback. They get the safety today, today being Friday when we're taping this. Who knows what happens after that? Obviously, still a lot to happen in free agency. Some of the other names I want to go through in terms of guys that we've picked up over the last 72 hours because they're important pieces. And so much is made of the guys that we signed right at the very beginning. But 
these guys are going to have a pretty big role in this football team and whether or not this team is successful in 2020. Kevin Johnson, late Thursday night, signs a one-year, reportedly $3.5 million deal, can increase to $6 million. Uh, here's a guy that uh, spent some time with a couple different football teams, but he's been a pretty good football player, not just on the defensive side of the football, but on special teams as well as a girl. Yeah, and Kevin Johnson, a former first-round pick a few years ago by the Houston Texans as a cornerback. I think he was the 16th overall pick in that draft. And, you know, he's battled injuries. That's really been the thing that's kind of kept him down. Last year joins the Buffalo Bills, a team that goes to the playoffs. Uh, he plays some slot corner for them. And I think the, the vision is here that he'll come in. He's got inside-outside versatility, kind of like T.J. Carey, but – He'll be replacing T.J. Carey in that role as your starting nickel corner, an opportunity to kick outside if need be due to injury. And now you think about your top four corners on this team. You've got Denzel Ward, Greedy Williams, Kevin Johnson. By the way, uh, you've got two first-round picks and a second-round pick there. Terrence Money Mitchell, uh, and then behind them, Tavier Thomas, who's been a special teams ace for you. Donnie Lewis, a seventh-round pick from a year ago. Robert Jackson as well. So you're fleshing out that room, but we thought they'd be active all along looking for a nickel corner, and, and they've identified Kevin Johnson as the guy that they want to give the first chance to win that job this year. And I think if you're penciling it in right now, our secondary uh, for the, the opening of the season – you mentioned Sandejo, we mentioned Carl Joseph. Those would be your safeties. And then Denzel Greedy outside, Kevin Johnson inside for the Browns. Yeah, there's a lot of similarities to me between the career so far of Kevin Johnson and Carl Joseph. And I think the, the main theme is that they've been held back by injuries. And I, I think that that can be something that obviously is why these guys are signing one-year deals. But at the same time, that there has been moments, especially recently for both of these guys, they've played at a really high level. I think Kevin Johnson, you look at his play, he probably had some of his best seasons early on in his career before those injuries started to take a toll. Carl Joseph had probably his best season last year before the, the foot injury kind of ended what was going to be his best season and, and possibly the, the path to a, a big extension with the Raiders. But uh, these guys are both getting a great chance in Cleveland. And like you said, Nathan, these, if you're starting the season today, you could make a case for all 10 of these acquisitions as being starter type players, maybe with the exception of Andrew Billings, if you've got uh, Sheldon Richardson, Larry Ogunjobi healthy, but all of these guys have basically ensured. And the reason that we have this podcast is that you're not going into the draft desperate at, at a certain position right. outside of offensive tackle, which I think you're going to have to address pretty early in the draft. You build enough needs to where you can kind of go best player available wherever you need to because you're not position needy at this point. All right. So I want to stay on the defensive side of the football. We talked about Sendejo. We talked about Johnson. Andrew Billings. Anybody see that coming on the radar? Uh, out of Cincinnati. I mean, here's a guy who signed, again, another one-year deal, missed his rookie year with an injury, uh, a pretty solid player in the middle of that defense, and really kind of – it's just another rotational guy more than anything else on that defensive line for you and creating a lot more depth going into 2020 Gribble. Yeah. I mean, it's something you needed. I don't, I know we've gotten kind of lost with the defense and the linebackers and safeties because you've obviously had some glaring needs uh, at those positions, but you know, it, it was just a last year when, you know, you've got uh, all those injuries on the defensive line, you're playing Sheldon Richardson on defensive end, you're signing guys off the street to help you out. I mean, you brought in uh, Elianku in the middle of the year to kind of plug some holes, and you so you really did have some needs there uh, on the defensive line, and, and it really hurt last year losing Daniel Equality uh, early in the season. So you can never have enough, and this guy's a proven player. 
basically a regular starter for the last two years. He's not going to be someone that's going to compile a bunch of sacks, but he's, he's a run stuffer and, and can help you out in the middle of that defensive line. I remember going back to that 2016 draft. It was considered a steal by the Bengals to get him as late as he, as he went. I remember him being projected as maybe a second round pick uh, early third on. They got him in the fourth round. So uh, this is a solid addition that I think is maybe the most likely to not pencil in as a starter right away, but this is a guy that's proven in the league and really since that rookie season has stayed healthy, which is important. Yeah, and he's different than what we have really at defensive tackle in our room. And this is a 330-pounder. This is an absolute run stuffer, a guy in the middle who's also done a decent job pushing the pocket, generating a couple hurries or a couple pressures per game over the last two years where he's played about a 60, 55, 60% of the snaps for the Bengals. So you've, we've known all along, and you hit the nail on the head, Grips, it clearly – even last year's regime was looking for defensive tackle depth. That's why we entertained so many of those guys, Mike Daniels, Gerald McCoy, et cetera. They never really were able to find that. In Billings, what you have is a true professional, a guy that you know you can put out there on the early downs especially and will allow Larry Ogunjobi and Sheldon Richardson to be in a little bit more of a rotation and give you some flexibility there, which I think is, is excellent news for those guys. But this is another one, and the one-year deals, and I did want to touch on this. I actually uh, was texting with our general manager, Andrew Barry, this morning because it struck me as, man, we're signing so many of these one-year deals. And I said, what are we – can you give me – you know, just help me out for Clint Brown's Is there is there something to this? Is this player-driven? Is it organizationally driven? And he said, we've got been able to get guys that are very, very talented players who are coming off of, you know, a variety of things in the case of Joseph and Johnson injuries, et cetera, and they found themselves in a press market – they wanted to go for one-year prove-it deals. We thought one year was good because when we're going to need our cap money is really 2021, 2022. And so if we bring in a big free agent class this year, some guys we may decide, hey, we want to keep them here long-term and we can do that. But for those that end up leaving, we're going to be on the right side of the compensatory pick formula in the year 2022, which is when we're going to need to be able to kind of replenish our roster more with the draft rather than free agency because we're going to have money tied up in guys like Miles Garrett and Baker Mayfield and Denzel Ward, et cetera. So it's not just... You know, these guys, and one of the things, you know, we always talk about Paul D. Podesta being here and Andrew Barry and Stefanski and, and them working in lockstep. It's identifying these things, looking ahead two, three years, understanding our cap room now, understanding what it's going to look like in a couple of years and setting yourself up to, look, this is a year where we can go out and add a lot of people in free agency to buttress this roster. But in a couple of years, we're not going to have as much flexibility. So in those years, we're going to need more draft picks. And this is a way to get those draft picks for you uh, going forward. And by the way, some of these guys ball out and go sign big deals. They could, you could have a one-year contract that turns into a third-round pick for you or a fourth-round pick in the coming drafts. Uh, and that's pretty important. I want to go back to, Zagura, what you, were, what you touched on, Sheldon Richardson. Uh, I mean, he, he, he was inside all season, signed as a defensive tackle, injuries. All of a sudden, now he's playing defensive end. Is there any chance we see him maybe a little bit more continue that trend at defensive end, which allows Billings to play inside more consistently? I mean, I think you could see that in, in a situation where we're trying to put a jumbo line out there. Sheldon Richardson played defensive end last year. Now he was, he was quite bad at it. That was, out of, 
necessity. That was out of uh, an absolute collapse of the defensive end room, and so they did it out of necessity. The idea would be absolutely not to do that going forward. So I think Sheldon Richardson, you're going to have – that's a good three-man rotation with a lot of flexibility in terms of the kind of looks and the kind of packages you want to put together. And I, I think that's good for the Cleveland Browns. But, no, Sheldon Richardson, I think, is going to be very happy to be a defensive tackle. I, I know he enjoyed it. And maybe in some packages you'll see him kick outside and somebody kick inside like a Miles Garrett just to kind of give a different look to the offense. But we should never be in the situation we were in last year as it relates to our defensive line. At least we all hope not. Yes. I would like that very much. All right. The other guy in the safety in, in, in the secondary, uh, Carl Joseph, we've, we've talked about him already in referencing him to some of the other guys that we brought on board. Uh, he's been dinged up a little bit. He's a hitter though. And, and Jake Trotter, uh, the ESPN NFL nation reporter uh, that covers the Browns with some really great videos about some of the hard hits and some of the things that he did in college, but Here's a guy that uh, is going to make wide receivers think twice going over the middle or going deep down the, down the sidelines. He's a super, he's a super talented guy. And and again, when he's been healthy, he's played really good, especially the last couple of years. And, you know, he, he, one of his last plays of the season was, was making a game winning play before he injured, suffered the season ending injury. So he he was finishing on a good note, just couldn't finish the season beyond nine games. And uh, he is the pick that went off the board in 2016, right before the Browns took Corey Coleman. Uh, so you've added two guys, eight and 14 from that 2016 draft uh, to this roster. So obviously, you know, there's, it's, there, it happens in the NBA. You've seen some of these guys who are first round talents who don't exactly just work with their first team. And I think it, it's, it's probably not fair to say that Carl Joseph didn't work with his first team. It's just one of those guys that they decide to move on from. So the talent is there. Uh, the, the, nothing's been questioned about work ethic or anything like that. It's just going to be about fit. And as Nathan touched on, one of the ultimate things with those one-year deals is the stats and history prove guys are uh, very motivated on one-year deals. And, and sometimes you get some of the best uh, production out of these guys. And, and I was I was honestly surprised that you could get Carl Joseph on a one-year deal. I thought he would fetch more than that on the market, but I think he's clearly betting on himself and the, and the Browns are betting on getting some good production out of him this year. Yeah, this is the one of, of the signing so far on defense that got me really excited. I think Carl Joseph's a tremendous talent. Obviously, the, the number one ability is going to be his availability. But you talk about a guy, he can play both safety positions. He's improved in coverage in his time in the NFL, played both free safety and strong for the Raiders a year ago. He is a great for safety down in the box, always around the top at his position in terms of run stop percentage of pro football focus. Three straight years of positive grades there as a safety. And he's from an athletic standpoint and from a talent standpoint I mean you're you're getting a pretty good one-year rental and of all the guys that we signed here when I think to myself okay who could come out of this and end up being a brown for the next five years or so Carl Joseph's the one name that I really look at on the defensive side obviously Conklin and Hooper that's the expectation and the hope but defensively this is the one guy with premier talent the Browns took a chance on him got him as you said at a depressed value and now he has an opportunity to make himself a lot of money going forward and the Browns have an opportunity to find you know their strong safety of the future when you think about it just from an athletic standpoint and a hype standpoint coming in you know you traded Jabril Peppers uh, in, as a part of that deal to get Odell Beckham Jr. and Olivier Vernon this could be that replacement. I mean, he, he does a lot of the same things as Jabril and was even more highly regarded coming out of college a few years ago than Jabril was. You yeah. got to be good to stand out on defense at West Virginia. I mean, you get that. That's a good. That's a good player. I mean, they, they don't play much defense there. 
<laughs> they don't play any defense in that conference. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I want to get to the other defensive player that we have picked up, and that's linebacker B.J. Goodson. Um, you know, was played in played for the Giants, played for the Packers, solid special teams guy as well, another guy that can play a couple different parts of this uh, on this football team for you. Uh, Goodson on the PFF side maybe higher than some of our linebackers we had last year in certain categories. So uh, a guy that's got, you want to talk, we've talked about all these guys and expectations. The expectations might not be higher for anybody else than they are for Goodson coming in here, knowing our linebacker situation right now, Nathan. Yeah. I mean, this is a guy that's never really played a full season as a starter last year, 305 out of 1,071 snaps. The most he's ever played in the season's 513. He did start some games last year for green Bay at both the will linebacker position and the Mike linebacker position. I think he gives you kind of a little bit of insurance. I would be surprised if the Browns are done at the linebacker spot. There's still some names, some veterans out there that I think could come in to this room and provide some leadership as well. You know, Michael Kendricks, I know we had one dalliance with him before, but Nigel Kendricks. There's, I love that guy. And I think he brings a very good attitude to the team and played well for Seattle. Uh, He was one of the reasons Seattle led the league last year in three linebacker formations on defense. Um, I don't think we're done here. I think Goodson is a guy they think can fit into our system and be better than he was in the past. And that's one of the things you'll look at with these guys in the 26-year-old range. Uh, and I think they think Goodson can fit that bill along with Taki Taki, Mac Wilson. You've got Davis in that room as well. So I don't think we're done in the linebacker room, Gribbs. I don't know if you think we're done there, but I think Goodson is a piece that I don't think you're handing him a starting job. I think he could be penciled in right now. Taki Taki would have the right to com- compete with him. Or maybe Mac, if they look at him as the mic, Mac as the will, or Mac as a mic and him as the will. We'll see how this all plays out. But I, I do think that he's going to be a-, a-, a part of a rotation at that linebacking spot. And I think, like I said, I don't think we're done in that room, whether it's draft free agency still to go. Yeah, this this was a signing that maybe reminded me a little bit of the Adarius Taylor signing from last year, where he's a solid guy with experience. Uh, I think he want, uh, you know, talking to him, I think he's got something to prove. I, I think he he feels like, I think his best season was probably 2018, like you mentioned, yeah. uh, with the Giants. And I, I think that he's someone that definitely is going to help you out on special teams, help your depth at linebacker. He helps you from a leadership standpoint. He, he immediately becomes one of the eldest statesmen in that linebacker room. So uh, he helps you in a variety of ways. But again, I agree, you're, you're not done at this linebacker spot. You've got to get more bodies in there, or you've got to expect that Sione Takitaki is taking a huge jump next year. No pressure. We're all counting on you. That's exactly where that stands right now. We've talked about a lot of the signings, one that we have not talked about yet. Joe, Joe Nets. Zagura, I know you're awfully excited. Gribbs, I believe you were excited as well. University of Akron, his senior year, he was at Utah State for a couple of years uh, before that. had a, had a couple little minor skirmishes, run-ins, and ended up at Akron his senior year. Been in the NFL, highly successful as a specialist and a return man. And I know on Browns Daily today, we played the clip from Mike Prefer uh, on the, his Thursday press conference before we played the Rams on Sunday Night Football. And he talked about this guy, and he raved about this guy, Gribbs. Here, here's a guy that you, we needed a returner from the special team side of things, and you got one here with JoJo Nansen. I mean, this guy is is super fast, super tough. I mean, I had to do a double take when I saw his stat, his stats that 
He's 5'7", 153 pounds. I mean, that's yeah. just, that's, that's wild to me. But that shows that how, if, you, if you're that size and you're in the NFL, you're doing something right. And both of his averages on kick return and punt return were better than what the Browns had on kick return and punt return last year. It's been a point of emphasis for this team to get better uh, in those areas. Do they hand him the job at both? Probably not, but I think he's the front runner for both. And uh, you just needed to be better. And I think when you talk to Mike Prefer, we've talked to him multiple times, it seems like this offseason that uh, they've identified areas where they can be better in the return game. And there is some blocking issues, but it sounded more like there were some returning issues uh, as well with guys not maybe hitting the holes right or things like that. But Jojo Natson is a very consistent guy to be doing that. Uh, a good guy to have on your roster that can that can do a lot of different things. And, you know, when you're a return man that probably isn't going to play much a wide receiver, he's got to go out and earn that job, you know, that because it's hard to keep people on the roster if, you, if you're not going to be starting on those special teams areas. But this could ultimately be one of these core special teams players for the Browns. Yeah, and I think this is, a, a, again, an example of the new CBA and, you know, 55 guys on the roster, increase of the game day rosters where you're going to be able to carry somebody who maybe purely is a specialist. And JoJo Natson uh, is regarded as one of the better kick and punt return combo guys in the NFL, adds an element of danger to our return game, had a couple of punt returns. That's where the biggest difference from our, us last year, Natson's numbers versus what the Browns were able to do on the punt return side, was able to break some punt returns of more than 20 yards, which flips the field. Uh, he was one of the better guys on that side of it. So, you know, you think about the Browns and Josh Cribbs, you have that rich history as a return man, and then Travis Benjamin. And after that, it really kind of went, kaput and they've been searching for somebody to fill that role for a long time Gribbs and, and Gibbs you guys remember in 2014 we had Jim Leonard as a punt catcher I mean we didn't even attempt to return punts in that season so to get somebody that could potentially be a little bit of a weapon for us and when you think about you know giving Mike Prefer more tools in his tool belt I'm excited about that because I know that he got the best out of our team from a coverage standpoint a year ago. He worked with those rookie kickers and did a great job. And what he didn't have was that dynamic return, man. And now I think with JoJo Natson, we have that. And that gives us another area where we could potentially be explosive. Yeah, it's a, it's a pretty nice pickup. 153 pounds. I'm not confident the last time I was even remotely in that ballpark. but uh, <laughs> I think I was 10. Uh, yeah, I, I, yeah I, I don't even know. It's it, it pretty Amazing. impressive. 153 pounds to do exactly what he does. The last time you were 5'7", Gibbet. I might have been in second grade. Yeah, I'm I mean. not kidding when I say that either. Um, all right. <laughs> At first look, who's the guy on here that helps us the most in 2020? If you had to guess. Gribble, we'll start with you. I'm going to take Nathan's answer, and I think it's Carl Joseph. I think that's just the position you needed. You had to fill it, and I think – if I'm going with confidence on who's going to be starting for this team in September, uh, if he stays healthy to get to that point, Carl Joseph's going to be a starter at one of those safety positions. Yeah, I, mean, I would agree. And I'm glad he got to go first. So I don't need to expand on that. But yeah, Joseph would be my answer. If I'm going to go for a secondary answer, I'm going to go Sandejo because I think that he's going to be important, not only on the field, but off the field. As we talked about just the, the age of this team, think about the age on the back end. You know, Kevin Johnson's still a young player, just into a second contract. Denzel's young. Greedy is young. Sheldrick Redwine's in his second year. Hassel's going to be in his second year. So for him to be on the back end, to have experience with Joe Woods, know what Joe Woods wants, know what Jeff Howard wants, know what Kevin Stefanski wants, to have that experience and have been around those guys and be able to communicate to them, also spending that time in Philadelphia and seeing a team, you know, that is a perennial playoff team there. I think that's invaluable. And I think Sandejo is going to be one who maybe, I think he's going to be good on the field, but I think off the field, he's going to be play a major role for our team. 
It, All right. it wouldn't wouldn't surprise me if you had a couple more guys like a Sandejo at different position groups that that need some of these guys for, for veteran experience leadership. I I think Andrew Barry was around here for round one uh, of that, and I think that was maybe the, the one thing where they wish they could do over was getting more valuable veterans for that locker room when you're skewing so young. And bring yeah. Demario Davis back. Bring bring him on back. He's done, he's done pretty well. Not now. available. Not available. Sad. Sad face. Uh. What could the Browns be looking for next in free agency? Free agency is not done. We're only technically three days officially into this free agency. Um, it, it's not over by a long shot. And again, there's there's some great players out there. Jadavian Clowney? Joe Thomas? Hmm, maybe? Huh? Probably not. But uh, th- there's a lot of solid players that are still out there in free agency that you can get that can up upgrade your football team. Zagura, is there anybody that stands out to you or positions that this team still needs to address here in these coming weeks? I'll go more from, more from a positional look at it. I think we're going to try to add some depth on the defensive line, and, and that would be in the defensive end room, get another pass rusher. And I think, you know, there still is a big decision to be made with Olivier Vernon. Are you going to keep Olivier Vernon at, at $15.5 million? Are you going to try to restructure with Olivier Vernon, or are you going to try to replace him, whether that be in the draft and then a cheaper veteran next to him? Or are you going to go, as Joe Stradamus said uh, on CBD, and go big and go for Jadavian Clowney? So, I don't think that's I, – I would be surprised if that happens. But I think that, you know, it sets up in my mock drafts that we've done. I've set us early second round at defensive end because that would kind of follow the formula. You can pay – you can afford to pay Vernon this year, and then you have his successor in place for next year, and then that money would be able to be allocated uh, elsewhere. But I think that – we're going to get another pass rusher, somebody in that room, and whether that's the draft or free agency, I'm not sure. I definitely think we need to get a veteran into the linebacker room. I just think that somebody who's played, somebody who's fairly established and been around uh, into that room. And other than that, you know, you feel pretty good. We've signed a lot of guys already. I mean, offensively, unless you want to bring in a veteran tackle uh, to either be a swing tackle, you know, you'd have to make a decision, I think, at that point on Chris Hubbard. Um, but offensively, I think you're in a pretty good spot. I mean, everywhere you look, maybe a number three receiver, but I think this draft is so rich with them that you're going to attack it in that way. So Andrew Barry done a heck of a job in really, you know, taking a defense that had so many holes and question marks. And we were talking about, you know, you couldn't put a team on the field, you know, that you felt necessarily great about in terms of starters. And now he's, he's kind of addressed that already. So now it'll just be filling in the, the remaining cracks. Ribs. I'll throw this out there, and I don't know if it's exactly a position you're going to address, but this has been a depressed market for wide receivers. And I'm wondering if there's someone out there that you can get for something way less than you ever thought of a couple days ago. And I just, you know, there's a, there's a lot of names, a lot of not many big names, but, you know, this is a team that could use, the Browns could use some depth at wide receiver. And I just wonder if you go attack that market right now, you know, for, for some kind of players that are out there, whether it be like, uh, you know, take a flyer on a, a, I think Nelson Aguilar is still out there. Guys like that are are out there that you can maybe add to your roster that maybe aren't guaranteed to make the roster, but just filling it with some, some players who have played the position and can help you out and have some experience. It's a position that the Browns don't necessarily need, but I, I could see them adding a player. That much. So and by the way, I'd like to throw out there a guy who spent some time with the Browns, Brashad Perriman. I mean, Brashad Perriman yeah. was, 
phenomenal with the Bucs last year. He had 645 yards, six touchdowns, 18 yards of catch, has a rapport already with Baker Mayfield. We know that whatever portion of the offseason, if there is one, we're going to be missing one of our outside receivers in, in this thing. And Brashad Perriman is a guy that allows you that flexibility to kick Jarvis inside if you do go to the three-receiver set, which they will do at times in this offense. He's a great vertical threat on the outside and also would free Odell to run some more underneath routes, some crossing routes, kind of like Stephon Diggs did in Minnesota, where he's able to catch it in space and run and make plays. Rashad Perriman is, I think, would be a great pickup. I just wonder what his price tag is because he has played really, really well, certainly at the end of the year for us in 2018. And then last year for the Bucks, once Mike Evans went out, he kind of filled in and was putting up 100-yard games like it was no big deal. Yeah, some, something to watch. And, and I, I agree, Gribbs. I think that this wide receiver group, it might be the time knowing how deep the wide receiver class is in the draft where there, you could find some diamonds in the rough here over the next few weeks that, that could show up that wide receiver. Room. All right, final one, and I'll get you out on this for the weekend. We're going to be back a few more times. We're going to be doing this a little more often now that we've figured out this whole video chat deal on, on, on Zoom, as we like to call it. Uh, if you take a look, number, number one pick at number 10, I think we can all say they're still going to probably go offensive line. With that pick in the second round, if you had to go today, what you don't have to give me a player. What position are you addressing to start off the second round and day two of the NFL draft? Gribble, start with you. I'm going with pass rusher because you're not getting one in the first round, most likely. And I don't know what, unless you're going to bring in Jadevian Clowney, I don't know how much you're going to be able to add to that position where you feel great uh, about your depth at it. So I'm going pass rusher. Yeah, that's what I had in my first mock draft. And I'm going to stick with, I'll even give you a name. You turn gross Matos from Penn state. I love this kid. I think he's got an opportunity. I just don't know that he'll be there. Honestly. I think that it would be tough for him to be available. Depends if he's healthy. He's, he's going to be, when he tests, if he, he's, that's the one thing, too, that I think helps us. He didn't work out at the combine. Are there going to be pro days for guys that didn't work out at the combine that pro days were scheduled after pro days stopped? So he might not do that, which would maybe let him slide. So I think he's an athletic freak, and I think if that happens, whew, if we could pounce on him early in the second round, I think we'd be very, very pleased with the return on that investment. All right, that's a look at what's happened in the three days since we last joined you on the best podcast available, the newest Browns, 10 new Browns on this roster as we get ready for the 2020 season. Gribs, Zagura, always a pleasure. Enjoy your weekend. We will be back with you next week. Make sure you log on to clevelandbrowns.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Like and subscribe today to the best podcast available. Thanks to Jeff McDaniel. Thanks to Paul Taylor. Thanks to my dogs, Roxy and Oliver, for staying quiet for the last 35 minutes, despite the little craziness at the beginning. We're back with you next week. You are listening to the best podcast available.